Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're telling the story of FedEx Flight 705. Thanks for listening. So. <laughs> Good Lord. Naturally. Yeah. Um, maybe this will be the intro to this episode, but maybe <laughs> it won't be because we just, uh, recorded a few minutes, um, and had, uh, honestly quite an amazing intro. If I say so myself, very, intro. very organic, very natural. <sighs> and my greatest fear is that it didn't record. <laughs> Cause it was just like, maybe I'll just stop recording now. Yeah. You know, you didn't like, need maybe this, right? this is too vulnerable to share with the too world. vulnerable to share with the world. Yeah. So the in case Apple you're listening is, to this, yeah. <laughs> protecting us. Yeah. Uh, stupid. Yeah. Computers. Yeah. But uh, so uh, in case this is the intro, um, I love you, Mariah, and we love, love you, you guys. Yeah. We love all of you. And uh, we're doing a story today that I have. Yeah, really wanted to do for forever. And yeah. uh, it's just kind of a big one. There's 14 pages of notes. So, so uh, Buckled up. I'm excited. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. We are going back to April 7th, 1994. Cool. Uh, we're doing the story of FedEx 704. And some people are going to know that right away. Some people aren't. And that's part of the magic of this show. <laughs> so... Our plane is a DC-10, which, I mean, obviously 747s are, like, the most beautiful plane ever made, <laughs> but DC-10s, it's the logo of our show for a reason. Yeah. We've got, you know, three jets, which we love, or three uh, engines, which we love, um, and they're just great planes, and I love <laughs> them. And this plane has a name, which we love. Uh I don't know why FedEx of all airlines is naming their planes. Beautiful. But I bet any amount of money that no one on earth could ever come up with the name of this plane. <laughs> if I gave you a million guesses. Okay, what is like the what is the like topic relevant? The relevant topic of the name. It is a name. Like <laughs> literally a name. <laughs> no, like that's it is a name, Steve. like a human name. Steve, that's a yeah. really good guess. It, the name of this plane is John Peter Jr. <laughs> Never would have got that. No one could. No. Not John Peter Jr. I don't know who John Beautiful. Peter Jr. is, but this plane is named after him. Beautiful. So, we love you, John I Peter hope, Jr. I really hope we get a, a, like 10 different messages being like, John Peter Jr. is like a famous aviator yeah. <laughs> or something like, yes. or like the co-founder of FedEx or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, John Peter Jr. And uh, we're flying from Memphis to San Jose. So this flight was supposed to be flown by a different crew. So we're in 1994. This is a DC-10 uh, it's a cargo flight, obviously, so there's no passengers, no um, cabin crew, just the pilots. And this aircraft needs three pilots. We've got a first officer, captain, and a flight engineer. And it was supposed to be a different crew. There was supposed to be a crew um, with a flight engineer named Auburn, a woman uh, first officer, and a different captain. 
Mm. And they were supposed to fly, but they had flown into Memphis the night before and had timed out, meaning that by by one minute they had been hit with some delays. And so they had gotten back. They had landed in Memphis super, super, super early in the morning. And there wasn't enough rest time between the time the plane was supposed to take off today from Memphis and the time that they landed in Memphis. So that crew isn't flying. Hmm. So FedEx had, uh, you know, grabbed whoever was on call, right? Whoever was available and, you know, on call and had gathered a, a crew. We've got a Captain Dave. Captain Dave is 49. Uh, he spent nine years in the Navy uh, during Vietnam as a pilot. The first officer is Jim. He's 42, and he was actually also a Navy pilot in Vietnam oh, wow. for 12 years. Damn. And uh, the flight engineer who's actually going to be working this flight is uh, Andy, and he didn't fight in Vietnam. He's a regular pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But Auburn, the flight engineer who was supposed to fly this route to San Jose today at 3 o'clock, uh, still wants to go. And so he has shown up at the airport to jump seat. So he's uh, coming along for the ride to San Jose. Um, if you're a pilot for a cargo airline, you can jump seat or, or non-rev on a lot of different airlines usually, like most, certainly any airline I've been aware of, let's... Uh, like FedEx or UPS or mm. USPS pilots, uh, DHL, whatever, fly on their planes as like non-revs. That's very nice. Um, yeah, it is. It is. But this plane, like these cargo flights, obviously there's you know no passenger seats because right. they're maximized to carry stuff. But there is still going to be like a couple of jump seats. So uncomfortable little seats that fold yeah. down and, you know. Uh, as a seatbelt and a person can fly on it so uh auburn auburn's life has been falling apart so auburn had graduated from stanford he had been in the navy he was like uh accomplished martial artist Mm. he is by all accounts a good pilot like he had a wife and two children like he had built a really cool life for himself yeah but for a variety of reasons that's been falling apart he and his wife had split up his wife was living with their kids instead of being a a pilot who you know holds the yoke he's a flight engineer and just like things are just spinning out and he apparently fudged his experience when he applied for the job at FedEx five years ago. So in 1989, when he applied to work there, it seems like he had exaggerated the number of flight hours he had and FedEx caught him. And tomorrow, on April 8th, 1994, he's going to have a hearing where he expects to get 
spider. Ugh. And. Wait, Auburn I'm sorry. Is, he's in the jump seat or he's flying the plane? He's in the jump seat. Okay. He was supposed to fly this yeah. flight as the flight engineer, but because they timed out. Got you. Right. That crew wasn't flying. So. Auburn has written a will and written a letter to his wife that he's carrying with him. Auburn has gathered, cashed out anything he could, gathered, like, like liquefied any assets, like gotten all the money together that he has in the whole world and sent it to his ex-wife. And it totals $54,000. But if Auburn dies in a plane crash, in a FedEx plane crash, in his employer's plane, the life insurance policy that his family will get is $2.5 million. Okay. And so... Auburn had planned to fly out on this plane working it as the flight engineer with the crew that's two other people, right? So him and just two other people, one of whom is a woman, and I don't know anything about her besides the fact that she's a woman and a pilot, but I think that at an absolute minimum, at an absolute minimum, men generally are less physically threatened by women, right? Mm-hmm. So at yeah. an absolute, whatever her abilities are or whatever is realistic. And I don't know anything about the captain who he was supposed to fly out of Memphis was, but, but instead he's flying with three people. He's not operating the flight at all. He doesn't have any control of the flight controls himself. Right. But he's a pilot and he knows how, what a vulnerable position these uh, pilots are going to be in, his coworkers. He hasn't met them before and he packs in a guitar case hammers, a knife, and a spear gun, like a spear fishing underwater spear gun. Don't do that. The note is on him. He leaves his will on his bed at home in Memphis where he lives. And he's the first one on the plane. He signs up to jump seat on it. It's no big deal. This is pre-9-11. He's a pilot in yeah. uniform carrying a guitar case. The, there's not one person in the universe is even going to blink at his presence, right? It's no, nothing about that is alarming or remarkable in any way. Yeah. Especially when it's the flight that he was previously scheduled to work on, right? People just assume that he had plans in San Jose, right? Like that's, there's nothing weird about this. Nobody checks his bags, nobody, nothing, right? So he's the first one on the plane, which is another thing that like post 9-11 that would never you know, you can't get on the plane before the pilots, the flight attendants, at least the, um, with, with Delta, when I worked there at a minimum, the flight attendants couldn't board until the pilots boarded. Japan Airlines let the flight attendants on before, but like who's allowed on the plane 
especially in a cargo plane, is going to be pretty limited now. Right. But um, he's on board. He's got his guitar case in the galley. The amount of space that has like that the pilots are going to have easy access to on an aircraft like this. There's going to be like the cockpit itself, and then the galley area, and then everything. There's like a curtain wall um, separating. It's like a like a firm like tethered uh, curtain wall between like the galley and then the rest of the plane being used for cargo. So he puts the um, suit the guitar case down in the galley and he goes and flips off the cvr the cockpit voice recorder and uh the next person on the plane is the flight engineer who is working this plane now uh andy and andy you know he's our boy he did not fight in vietnam he is a good (laughs) flight engineer for fedex he gets on the plane they chat, he and Auburn, like, just chat, totally normal conversation. And uh, when he's doing his checks, he sees that the CVR, the, it's, it's not like an off switch, it's the actual um, fuse is popped. So it's, it has the same function as an off switch, but the fuse is popped. And, like, part of what flight engineers would do, and I think now the pilots have, like, different responses, like, our res- different pilots have different responsibilities on different flights, but there's the big panel with all of the fuses and if you like just run your hand across it right you can feel if any of them are popped out and he sees that the cvr is popped out and so he just pops it back in right that's just part of his normal checks he's a good flight engineer yeah so he pops it back in and then he's doing like the other checks i don't know if he's responsible for the walk around on this but whatever he's like goes out the uh, Dave, the captain, and Jim, the first officer, arrive. They're doing their paperwork, getting their weight, fuel, all that normal stuff. And when uh, when Andy gets back to his seat, he runs his hand over the fuses again and feels that the CVR one has popped out again. And he's thinking, like, I mean, you know, anybody who's ever had a job that has a ton of built-in repetition it's really Mm -hmm. easy to be like did i did i just forget like did i just not do it and he like pops it back in to turn the cvr back on and thinks like okay i i'm not gonna call maintenance because maybe i just forgot yeah um but if it pops out again like if something is actually wrong with it that's a problem then we can't fly right so he pops it back in He's sitting at his seat now. He's not going anywhere. Keeps his eye on it. It doesn't pop back out. CVR seems to be working normally. He must have just forgotten. And um, he, the other pilots, like everybody gets gets to their seats. Auburn is strapped into the um, jump seat. Everybody's buckled up, ready to go. It's a beautiful day. I like Memphis, early April. Gorgeous, 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 clear day. They're flying to San Jose. This should be like the most straightforward thing in the universe. Now, cargo flights are almost all overnight. I don't know if that was the norm back then, but it's three o'clock in the afternoon today, and that's when they're flying. So, for whatever reason, they're flying midday on a beautiful day. And they take off. And as they take off, they're 
just, you know, chatting, everything super, super, super normal, totally comfortable conversation, totally normal, like chit chat. These four people, despite working for the same airline, haven't actually flown together. There's no combination of these these four people who have flown together. So it's just very normal, like inane, like, you know, do you live here? I live there. You know, how is your, you know, rest or like it's annoying to get called in when you're on, you know, whatever, or like, oh, Auburn, like you were supposed to fly this flight and you guys, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Just normal, normal, normal chit chat. Yeah. And as they're ascending up through 19,000 feet, Auburn gets up and goes into the galley and he is uh, grabbing his guitar case. And again, like no one's looked inside this guitar case. They'd actually talked. Dave, the captain, had actually chit chatted with him. I was like, oh, you play guitar? And like, just like, you know, total, again, oh, just God. inane workplace chit chat. Yeah. Auburn goes back. He opens it up while the other pilots are flying and can't get up. It's, there's no chance of them getting up while they're ascending to cruising altitude and coming back. Right. So he takes his time. He loads the spear gun, gathers himself, gets the hammer. His goal is to try to only use blunt force trauma because he wants it to look like everyone died in a plane crash. He wants, he doesn't want there to be any reason for anyone to be suspicious but his goal is to crash this plane die himself and send his family the the money Mm, yeah so he walks into the cockpit with a hammer and everybody's got their backs turned to him uh for anyone who doesn't know there's going to be like Dave, the captain, is going to be on the left-hand side if you walk in the door. Uh, Jim, the first officer, is in the front seat on the right-hand side. And then the uh, flight engineer is going to be to the right side in front of his panel, but with his back the closest to the door. Auburn walks in, takes the hammer, and starts to beat Andy in the head with the hammer. The other pilots are obviously like, I don't, I can't, I don't know what this would be like because you're, you're consumed with what you're doing and it would be baffling more than anything. It would just be so bizarre. And Andy like collapses over the, the panel and he starts, Auburn turns to Jim and starts to hit Jim. He hits Jim in the head once hard, bam. And when he hits Jim in the head, I'm going to put a, just so you know, Mariah, I'm going to put like a content warning at the beginning of this. Yeah. When he hits Jim in the head, it cracks and like shards of his skull get like pushed into his brain. And so when Jim gets hit, he temporarily, like for a moment, he like loses, he's not unconscious but he's dazed. He can't yeah. move. He can't respond. And Auburn sees that, like looks at him and sees that he's 
seems to be incapacitated and he turns to Dave and he starts to hit Dave in the head with the hammer. Dave ha- put the plane on autopilot and like turns and tries to like grab the hammer and tries to like fend him off. And he he's struggling, but obviously he's sitting down and obviously Auburn has like the upper hand here. Yeah. And Andy Andy one of the blows severed his temporal artery. So your temporal artery is if you check your pulse in your neck, that's your temporal artery. So Andy is bleeding excessively, but in like the intervening moments, he's starting to like talk and he, he turns around and he's just, but he's just saying like, like get him, get him, like trying, like somebody stop this. Jim is also like coming back into consciousness or back into awareness but the chaos and the violence and the blood and dave shoves like shoves auburn out of the cockpit but he's out of the cockpit now too and andy like pushes back and they both try to to get him out auburn comes they they collapse back into their seats everybody is just dazed and bleeding and confused and the plane is on autopilot so they're not they're not spiraling out of control but internally they can't it just it's in unfathomable auburn comes back into the cockpit with the spear gun and starts to yell at them like get back in your seats get back in your seats and andy is bleeding very very excessively he's been hit in the head multiple times with a hammer he's bleeding excessively and he can't even see auburn who's right in front of him but he can see the spear of the spear gun and i have no i can't imagine what propels him to do this but he grabs and he grabs the spear he grabs a hold of the spear and when he gets a hold of the spear and Auburn's trying to wrench it away from him Dave gets up and they all like start to struggle right there in the door over the spear gun and Jim everyone's up out of their seats except for Jim Jim pulls back on the yoke and just whoops the nose of the plane up and they start to fly like room up and the g-forces shove the other three men back and they just like topple all the way to the back of the plane <sighs> and start to like they're struggling bloody and slick this like bite to the death like a true true out of nowhere Seriously. extreme auburn is desperate and this is what he's decided to do and they are fighting to the death in the back. Jim rolls the plane. He's pointing the nose straight up, rolls the plane over to the right, rolls over the left, and then flips the plane upside oh. down. Oh, my Plus God. whoop upside down. So the three men who are fighting flip, and now they're fighting on top of the roof of the plane as the oh plane is flying God. upside down. A DC-10 is a great plane, but a DC-10 is a normal commercial plane, and it is right. not supposed to do this. Our boy Jim, who's flying right now, who has bits of his own skull pushed into his brain and can hear them fighting and yelling in the back, was a fighter pilot. And he, the only thing he can do, someone has to fly this plane. Apparently it's him. And he's going to try to knock them off balance, try to knock Auburn off balance and just hope that they can survive. Yeah. They, 
as they're struggling in the back, Auburn is or Auburn is trying to like he's got a hammer and the spear gun and he's still like fighting. He's biting them, like slashing them with the spear. Like this is a hideous, hideous, hideous fight. So this is a plane that requires three people. Three people are supposed to be flying this plane. That is actually what it takes. And Jim is pushing this plane way, way, way beyond normal operating like parameters. Yeah. Completely, completely alone. He's rolling the plane. They're upside yeah. down. And he pushes, he pulls the yoke back, which since they're upside down, pushes the plane into a full-blown nose dive. Jeez. And they are diving, diving, diving toward the ground, upside down and pointed nose down. Auburn, Dave, and Andy are fighting on the roof. There's, everything is slick, like just the blood. Andy is, again, bleeding from an artery in his head. Like he is there's so, so, so much blood. The plane is diving, 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 diving. The speed is going up, 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 up. And Jim got hit on the left side of his head. And he notices that the right, his right hand and his right arm and his right leg aren't working. Like they're, they're his, he can't like control them yeah. normally. The damage to the left side of his brain is like making him lose. So he's the only person flying. He is in a full blown dive toward the ground, upside down. And the right side of his body isn't working. And as he's diving, 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 there's you can feel they're they're coming close to the speed of sound, and the plane is going to start falling apart. He can feel the ruffle of the the extreme wind over the elevators, over like the over the elevator, over the 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 stabilizer of the plane, because it's not designed to go to do any of this, and it's just buffeting and what can happen is the the wind can become or the airflow over the wings over the stabilizer over the elevator can become disrupted by the extreme speed and start to like become uncontrollable and if the elevator becomes uncontrollable then jim is not going to be able to pull back out of this plus at this speed the plane can just start to rip apart period it can just start to rip apart like shutters coming off a house in a hurricane it can just fall apart and the right side of his body isn't working and he can see that the throttles are still on full blast the the plane is going the the, not only are they diving which is going to increase their speed but the engines are on full throttle over but he only has one working hand and it's holding the yoke. And if he lets go of the yoke to bring the speed back, then the yoke might, because of the forces, just spiral them out of control. But if he doesn't, he's not going to be able to put the plane, like get control over the plane to stabilize it himself if the speed doesn't decrease, right? So he's just got to make a decision and let's go with his left hand, the only hand that's working, pulls the engines all the way back to idle while they're still diving, brings his left hand back to the yoke and flips the plane back over so it's right side up and like stable. So they, fl- meanwhile, the other three are in the back fighting to the death and Auburn has hit dave in the head several more times with the hammer 
Andy is ex- getting weaker and weaker and weaker as he loses blood. They flip back over and Dave starts to yell at Jim to put the plane in autopilot and come back and help them. And Jim, Jim is poor Jim, poor Jim. But that is, I mean, poor everybody. But like there's this this is a plane that requires three people, right? Right. This is a plane that requires three people to fly it. There is one person, half of whom's body is not working, right? Flying it. And the captain is saying, zero people, nobody in the cockpit, come back and help because this guy is going to kill us back right. here. We can't, right. he's, and Jim takes his, his, his right hand is like functional enough that he takes the radio and calls air traffic control to be like, uh, you know, help, help. Right. And that's basically what he calls. He like gets it working and just basically a center, center, emergency, emergency. And naturally guys. Because, of course, our sweet, sweet baby boy in the air traffic control tower is a trainee. Because, of course, of course. Oh, my God. And so, so instead of, like, it's not, not even normal for a mayday call. Exactly. Right? Just, right. like, emergency, emergency calls. Air traffic control is the sweet trainee is, gets his supervisor. You know, they come over and they're talking to him. And he's, again, time just moves differently when you're in something like this. And, and Jim is, is like, hey, hey, are you yeah. there? Hey, like I need vectors back to Memphis. Hey. And the air traffic controller is like, yes, yes. Okay. You got vectors back to Memphis. Like, let's go. Like what, you know, what's going on? And he says, we have somebody trying to take control of the plane. Like we need, um, we need ambulances. We need handcuffs. We need like police intervention and police intervention the difference between something like uh, what that means is not like we need the police to be there when we pull up to the gate it's like we need a SWAT team to like storm the plane when we land and so the the our trainee and his supervisor go into action or whatever they call they call law enforcement, they call the fire department, they call like everybody, try to get all the emergency services like there. And Jim says, like, we're going to try to stop on the runway, meaning we're not going to try to go to the gate. We're going to try to bring the plane to a stop. So like, wait for us on the runway if we can. So he talks, he's talking to air traffic control. He lets go. Dave is screaming at Jim to put the plane in autopilot and get back here and help us like control this guy. Because if he kills us back here, like what good is anything going to do? Right? right. So Jim stops talking to air traffic control. Doesn't even know if he's going to be able to stand up. He like li- he like holds on to handle like over his head with his left hand and like pulls himself up. And again, his body is not working it's not functioning the way that it would normally because he has serious serious brain trauma and he goes back and aubrey is just fighting tooth and nail fighting viciously andy is trying to like lay on top of him just because he can't can't there's very little that andy can do right so he's laying on top of him just to try to restrain him they're trying to get the spear or the hammer away from him Aubrey hits Andy in the head again. Dave pulls the hammer out of his hands, gets it loose, 
and just smashes Aubrey as hard as he can and tries. He doesn't pass out. He's still conscious, but he's like stopped fighting. And so Dave says basically like I'm the captain, like Jim, like lay on top of this guy with with Andy and I'm going to land the plane. So Jim is is trying is like leaned up they've gotten the spear gun away from him and jim is like leaned up against the wall like pointing the spear at aubrey trying to like keep him from like stop and andy's just laying on top of him but uh, but jim realizes like he can't he can't feel the spear in his hands he can't feel it in his hands even though he can see that he's holding it and there are like bloody footprints on the ceiling it is complete chaos back here and there's multitude of weapons there's so dave dave gets up goes and like sits down in the cockpit and kind of realizes how how dazed he is right because of course like it's it's he's very very much there very much still in a life-threatening position but he's sitting down in a plane that is on autopilot air traffic control is like begging them to like come back to the radio because they just hear that our plane somebody's trying to hijack our plane and then silence they're flying still away from memphis They're, they're they haven't turned back toward the airport yet air traffic control Here's Dave come on the radio and just say, like, yeah, like, I need, we want to come back to Memphis, right? He's, like, trying to get oriented, trying to, like, gather his his surround, like, just get his bearings. Right. And the air traffic controller doesn't know if this is actually Dave or, right. like, if this is the hijacker or whatever. He doesn't know if they're flying away from the airport intentionally or not and he just has to like make a decision and just says like do you want vectors back to the airport like do you want to turn back toward the airport and dave says yeah like okay like and he he gets his he's just trying to get his bearings right like with all of just an ocean of adrenaline in his body and blood all over he can't see out of his left eye at all because of his own blood blinding him in that eye and he the engines are on idle. Air traffic control tells them to come down below 10,000 feet. A, just because they're trying to get on the ground, but also because they want to, they don't know if there's a gun. They don't know if like, you know, if somebody fires a gun in the, co- in the, in the plane and then it punches a hole in the fuselage and, you know, causes like a catastrophic depressurization, whatever. Everyone's just trying to think of anything they can. So Dave is trying to like do what air traffic control is saying flying the plane completely by himself, serious, serious head trauma, can't see out of his one of his eyes. And in the back, he can hear that they're still fighting. Aubrey is trying, is, has both of the men on top of him now, just trying to pin him down. They're incredibly, incredibly weak. And he's like, Aubrey is dragging himself, trying to get a hold of something that he can like climb to like force his way to a standing position. So that he can, like, kill them because yeah. that's still the goal. And so Aubrey's like trying to grab, like, drag himself. He gets a hold of a hammer again. And he starts to like hit them again. Jeez. And Dave decides. Dave is sitting in the cockpit, and Dave's like, "I'm gonna kill him. No, this is done. Oh, this dude. is done. I'm gonna get up and put the plane in in 
in autopilot. I'm going to get up. I'm going to kill him. And I'm going to come back and land this plane. Jesus. And Dave, like, puts the plane on autopilot, gets up, goes back, 100% decided in his mind to kill Audrey, Auburn. Ugh, Auburn. And he gets back there. And Jim actually, like, says, I think we've got him under control. And Dave is like, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know if Jim saw that that's what Dave was going to do. I don't know. Mm. There was no communication about that. Yeah. But whatever happened, Jim says, I think we got him under, or if Jim just wanted a pilot in the cockpit because he was never crazy about not having a pilot in the cockpit in the first place, right? (laughs) Right. I don't know. But either way, Jim says, like, I think we got him under control. They're on top of him. He's exhausted. And Dave goes, okay, and goes back into the cockpit and by the time he sits down now because of the delay where he got up to do that now they're too high and too fast to land on the runway that they wanted to land on memphis has another runway that's longer but it's perpendicular so he's basically if he wants to land like now he's basically gonna have to like really really push this plane again which who knows, right, in order to be able to land. So he, like, tells air traffic control what he's doing, tells them he would like to dump fuel, for example, because they were about to fly across the country to San Jose, full of fuel, and, like, cargo, like, a cargo flight. You think passenger flights are filled up as much as they can be? Cargo flights are filled up even more, right? Like, this is absolutely maxed out, and this plane has been pushed it flew upside down it's been flipping through the air right exactly but he would very much like to dump fuel but the place where you dump fuel is over the 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 buttons to do that are over by the flight engineers thing and there's no way dave can reach it so he's you know informing air traffic control like we're just going to be landing insanely heavy we're still going way too fast right the plane the the engines have been on idle this whole time they're still going over speed for landing with the engines on idle. And you don't want to land with your engines on idle because what if you have to go around? Right. But they're not going to be able to go around. They're just not going to be able to go around. So, yeah. so whatever. This is what's happening. The air traffic controller basically is like, yeah, like, you know, you, you're the one that has to survive this situation, right? So right. you like, do what you got to do. Yeah. Right. And Dave, like, in order to like turn fast enough to be able to get over get positioned for the other runway, he actually flips the plane like completely like right wing down, left wing Jesus. up, like on its side, like a fighter pilot. And the firefighters who are like waiting for them, right, watching this plane, they see that happen <sighs> and think like, oh, it's it's cra- yeah, it's crashing, yeah. it's crashing, right? Like because of course they do. But Dave, even with serious, serious, serious head trauma and an experience that I just over the last few minutes that I cannot imagine, it re, like just levels the plane, lines up to land, and they're like coming into land. And as they're coming into land, Auburn, I don't know if he just feels like this is his last stand or whatever. But he starts to like he starts to like fight hard and like biting and he's like fast forward guys pushing his 
thumbs into Jim's eyes, trying to gouge his eyes out in like God. these last minutes. And Andy, who had who's who has been bleeding extremely profusely, it totally worn out, serious, serious head trauma, no blood. He's got a hammer at some point in this in this struggle and Jim is is like fighting for his eyes and his life right now and he like looks at at looks at Andy and says like like hit him with the hammer hit him now yeah. and and Andy said that it was like like the way the stern way that a father looks at his son and said, hit him. And so Andy, who has no energy left, just like hits, does what he can with the hammer and, and they're touching down. Oh my God. They eat up almost all of this very long runway, but they come to a stop when they stop. Dave unbuckles, gets up, there's still, there's less struggle at this point, but not no struggle. And he sees just how, like, pale and ruined his co-pilots are. Yeah. And Jim says, like, open the door for them. And so, like, Dave goes over and opens the door. And when he opens the door, the slide poops out to the, to the runway. And everyone is down there waiting. But they, I don't know why, but they, for whatever reason... In the in this in their extreme effort to be present for this moment, like how are they going to get onto the plane, right? Because uh, they um, put the please. slide down. That slide Don't. is not easy to climb back up. Right. And so a firefighter is the one who climbs up the slide. He's the first one up there. And when he gets up there, he he's like just looking at this like pile of of oh broken God. people. And and Dave like tells the firefighter which one of them he says did you bring handcuffs and the firefighter says like no i'm a firefighter basically and so he says you need handcuffs like he's still dangerous and i, I again i don't know what it would be like to have somebody like viciously trying to murder you yeah and now like it, just that the i don't know and you decided to kill them like you fully within your own self made the decision to kill him and now you know this like nice firefighter who has not right. been here for the whole thing well it's like a movie it's just like so who's cut. yeah right like, like who's the bad guy like right. that and so the the firefighter yells down and they throw handcuffs up to him oh my god and he they handcuff auburn and they rush andy off the plane first andy has lost a huge huge mm. amount of blood they take jim off second his right side is losing more and more functionality and dave dave can walk like dave is seriously injured but he can walk and he like realizes for the first time like just how unbelievably injured all of them are but how like oh like oh andy might not make it like oh my gosh like wait you know yeah and they rush all four of them because obviously auburn is also extremely extremely injured and they rush all of them to the same hospital which i think would be i think that that's the kind of situation frankly that um that like hospital staff er staff actually are like it's a version of a scenario that they're dealing with pretty often where you've mm. got like 
the perpetrator and the yeah. victims in the same ER and stuff, but they everybody lived. Oh my god. Even everybody post? lived. Thank everybody god. lived. Everybody lived. <laughs> everybody lived. None of the pilots, Jim, Dave, or Andy, um, were ever able to fly commercially again. By choice or because of like their because of they weren't like medically cleared. Um they can all walk, right? But they um can't fly commercially anymore. Yeah. Auburn got life in prison in a federal prison. He is there right now in Pennsylvania in a federal prison. I don't know anything about I don't I don't totally get I think that he by all accounts had was like brilliant in a lot of ways and definitely had um he made like a hid like a heinous 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 decision and he's you know he's in federal prison now and right, I don't know right the plane the aircraft this plane yeah <laughs> was slated for retirement 4 months ago oh my god so uh, maybe fedex is still flying it probably. maybe they've just just retired it but Beautiful. like fedex pilots i don't know if this is true but i read someone who claims they're a fedex pilot that that flies the DC-10s and says that this plane still had, like, when he was flying it in, like, 2018, still had, like, obvious signs of the struggle. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because it's a cargo flight. Yeah, it gets beat up Like, cargo planes. But cargo planes are, like, you know, the niceties that we expect on, you know, passenger planes are not necessarily present i don't know but everybody lived man oh my god okay but the i'm so sorry but the idea that a firefighter had to climb up an inflatable slide after the horrific events that just happened i I don't know if I was it's able like, the like blackest if blackest comedy. It is like, the blackest comedy. Yeah. Just like the squeaking and like all of the equipment yeah. I'm sure that he's wearing and right. like not having the handcuffs right. and like all the blood and like. Right. I, no, 100 percent. I can't it's like I cannot because with everyone that detail. Lived. No, I totally. Right. I especially like imagine being Dave watching. Right. Like watching these guys try to climb up exactly like right right like they had to watch them like it took them how long do you think it took them to climb up the slide i don't know like, a long time like, i think too long of a time for it to right. be appropriate right right oh, and there's no other like, way to enter the plane besides up the inflatable slide that they has eventually to be right they eventually got a um ladder like that i don't know if they didn't have air stairs that could go out there or if the air stair 
driver if they wouldn't maybe they didn't want the airshare driver to like get close i don't know because again right, cause when they, again, they don't up, know yeah they don't know who's they don't landing know the plane. right yeah but yeah they had to they climbed up the inflatable Still. thing the inflatable ramp or slide rather. <laughs> right like even more reason if you don't know who's flying the fucking plane your best defense is to go up the slide just, but that's just it. The slide is like intentionally like as slick as possible. It has like oh like powder, God, right. like talcum powder <laughs> on it. So you just go because fast. you don't you want no resistance, right? <laughs> right? While people are like pouring out of a plane, so it's like exactly the kind of it's it's designed for exactly the opposite purpose, right? Right, right. and oh my gosh, horrifying! But and then having to watch it, like I just cannot imagine. No, no. And like, I mean, there, it, I. It would make you go crazy that, that like those two realities just. It would, it, it would. They 100%. can't, like, I just couldn't make, like, if I was in the situation, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to make sense of those two realities clashing so hard. Exactly. You know? No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's actually, that's a, just in general, it's a problem that exists that any plane that is tall enough, like anything taller than like a CRJ nine or something that ha- a plane that's going to have its own stairs that drop down. Yeah. It can be, if those planes have to stop at either a smaller airport or not, not at the gate, like it's actually pretty hard to get up or down from it. Like that's, Jeez. it's especially now where like, you know, like major airports are going to have air stairs that can like drive up to it. But I mean, that happened at Buffalo. I've talked about before. A like, I don't remember a big plane, triple seven, maybe had to like make an emergency landing mm, yeah. and Buffalo just, we just do not have a way to get <laughs> right up there. There just doesn't exist. So like, you just, just I'm so sorry. Like to me. it right. It is, it is crazy. It is. And it's yeah it is so i mean i don't know it's they're also like just your your brain and your body just aren't working properly and i guess i just think about like the i don't know the desperation like the extreme desperation of this scenario is so I it's yeah it's truly something that like it reminds me somewhat of like the Ethiopian Airlines pilots who we talked about where mm-hmm. like they are just in this unbelievably desperate scenario and just having to like make the best of it but like yeah. the I don't know I I think about that like the like for Dave he's gone from like struggling like in a a true actual like fight to the death like struggling at that like with a horrible brain injury while jim is like flipping the plane upside down and like trying to keep like aubrey from like or i keep calling him aubrey i'm so sorry auburn from from like getting a leg up or just getting stability um and so you're fighting like that and then you're you're flying the plane after ordering your your first officer to just leave no one in the cockpit and come back, then you're flying the plane in this like horrible scenario. You make a decision. You make the decision in your mind. I'm going to kill this person. Right. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back there. And I'm going to kill this person. I'm going to leave nobody in the cockpit again. And I'm going to do this. 
and then like i don't know what it would be like i can't know what it would be like to decide to kill someone and then like go not do it and then like sit back down and land a plane and then watch the firefighter try to climb up this slide the wrong way like it's just yeah i don't know i don't know but like how do your brain make like put all those pieces together i just like you couldn't breaks you you couldn't malfunctions right right well especially i mean yeah their brain is is literally Literally, yeah right yeah like physically damaged as well (sighs) they were like definitely like serious like they I I think like the at the time the pilots were given like the highest like awards that like the government can give to like commercial pilots. I did wonder a little bit. I mean, because again, two, well, three. I mean, Auburn was also a Navy pilot, but obviously he's not getting a medal out of this to say the least. But um, uh, I don't know. There's stuff. I don't know how much I want to go into it, but I think about like. Like parts of the suicide note were made public and they the part of what was made public had Auburn's children's name in it. And I felt like I don't know, it was nineteen ninety four, maybe Yeah. That wasn't avoided, but like holy cow, I do not know Yeah. What it would like for his family, like living across the country and just I don't know that it's there's so much like desperation yeah. in this story. Yeah. Oh, but DC tens are awesome. That plane held together, and then just kept flying FedEx yeah. cargo for for decades <laughs> after the fact. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a great story because everyone lived. I mean, it's right. a horrible, objectively a horrible story. And yeah. obviously, most of the time, the stories we tell, there's no bad guy. And, you know, this one, unfortunately, has a bad guy. But Yeah. But the, Oof. I don't know. Yeah. That kind of, like, fighting. Ugh. People talk about, I don't know, people talk about, I don't know if I should say this, but like, I think that if you wake up for a normal day and you're just going about your normal life and somebody attacks you in some way, I think that something that from the outside people can have a hard time understanding is that like you did not set out to hurt anyone on this day. Right. If you are out in the world and somebody attacks you, you did not leave your house with any intention to hurt anybody. The other person did set out with that intention. Right. Mm. And so that person is like almost by definition is is more prepared to like inflict serious like harm on another human being. And I think that like the fact that that. That. It took. That for two of them, for Andy and Jim, they like didn't get to a point where they were trying to kill Auburn. And for Dave, it took a very long time for him to get to that point. Right. Like, I think that that's something that from the outside, when people hear about different things, it can be hard to understand. Like, well, you know, basically, like, you know, none of none of the pilots tried to 
like tried some of the things that like tried to do some of the things to Auburn that he did to them. Sure. Yeah. And that's partially because like, again, he set out to, to, to die yeah. and to kill them. Right. Right. Isn't it? And like, if, I mean, if they hadn't been like overtime, like if they hadn't timed out the night before, if it had been him as the flight engineer, so one of the pilots against just two pilots, like, hmm. might have been like an incredibly different story. Yeah. No, totally. 100%. <sighs> I'm glad everybody lived. Seriously. I'm very glad. No, seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to I don't know. It's hard to just like so of course any FedEx plane I'm going to like in my mind visually it's going to be like the castaway like oh, movie sure. plane, right? And it's yeah. so hard to imagine bodies flinging around a cargo plane like obviously i i i don't know is the cargo like out and about in this or they have no, the a cargo separate is like, like cabin yeah, area it is so okay. it's behind it's like strapped in and it's behind the um it's a curtain literally but it's like a more like a wall made out of a tarp if that makes I sense, see, that okay. separates the cargo section from the galley, like the little area that's going to have like the bathroom and closets for their coats and stuff. Yeah. Um, And I guess like a little kitchen area. Right. For coffee and that. So it's, um, I guess it's there's just not like, like cargo flying around. Gotcha. It's just like a miracle to me that they weren't impaled by something when they were flipping all right. around you know Ex- right that nothing came unstrapped yeah right whoever, or like yeah the, or even like uh hitting i don't know like a seat belt or something the wrong way that you know oh yeah i, I mean they were right like they were horrifically injured like that's a that is and a movie scene in real life yeah yeah i do think it's i mean a lot of the stories we tell i like i'm surprised that they're not movies already yeah, you know, seriously. Like, but they, um, <sighs> yeah, it was very, any one of them could have died. Like, if oh, you think yeah. about, again, there's just a lot more violence in this episode than usually. But um, yeah. if you think about, like, people can die from just getting, like, punched in the face. Yeah. Like, the wrong way. Right. 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 Like, if you think about any given like any given moment like any of them could have died and none of them did i don't know what it would be like i mean in some interviews like you know they talk about obviously they pilots like to fly and i i believe that i believe so I want to not get this mixed up. I believe that they maintained their like ability to fly like their private licenses, their like general aviation licenses. Okay. But they don't have um 
they can't fly commercially for different reasons, right. obviously. But like, I mean, a serious head injury. I'm trying to recall who it was, but one of them has a seizure disorder as a result and the seizures are controlled with medicine like he doesn't have oh, seizures yeah. because of the medicine but you can't be a commercial pilot if you you have to be seizure free with without the medicine right and it's just not like plausible and so that's another thing is like i mean it'd be very hard to like let go of your your career well, right, and it would be very hard to have someone steal it in that manner. You know, right. just like a totally normal right. day, we're shooting the shit, and then bam, you impale me with a fucking hammer. Right. And my right. and my whole life is now different. And you, right. like, you, you just, like, robbed me of a career, essentially. Because I'm thinking, and like... we've talked... Yeah. I was, like... No, 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 you're good. It, the... I don't even know if I would want to fly after that. You know, like, uh, like not, yeah. of course, yeah. if they wanted to, that, you know, it's, it's their process right. or whatever. Like, but I, I don't, I don't know how you get over the, like, shock factor, I guess, of, yeah, you know, because it feels like once that happens, anything could happen, you know? And of course, you know that in the back of your mind, like, anything could happen, but that really is holy shit, that's reality. Like, really anything could happen. I could be impaled by a hammer in the next five seconds, like, you yeah. know, while I'm flying this fucking plane. Like, I just... Yeah. I don't... It'd be very, very hard yeah, to, like, to jump back feel. in that. Yeah. And, like, from, like, I don't know, from, we've talked about this in other contexts, but, like, from Auburn's perspective, like, it's... In those like acute moments where you feel, because like the truth is that he, okay, so say he gets fired from FedEx, right? Like let's just yeah. say he gets fired from FedEx and he has to like start from scratch. Like he had a family, kids, wife, job, and now he doesn't have any of those things. I mean, obviously he still has his kids, but they're yeah. not living with him. That is unbelievably dark and I don't yeah. want to like minimize that and he's in his like early 40s and like life is long and you can get like a different job and have like and like rebuild your life and it's so i i mean obviously i don't want to act like there's no other factors than the ones that i've named going on sure but i think that there's that thing where it it, it feels like there's like no way forward and that yeah. is not true like there's actually no way forward if you're dead right even i i know like i've probably said this before but i think about um even like people who okay like um adnan syed like from mm. the from serial right yeah. i there's like something that he said once that's just like you know like he got put in prison for life when he was you know 18 or 19 when he actually got the life sentence and he said like I do have a life in here you know it's yeah. like not a normal life it's not the life I wanted but it is a life right. and like even that like getting life in prison would be very dark yeah but even like that there's actually you can't like rebuild your life from there you have a different life now and yeah. this is what it looks like yeah but, like, I don't know, like, is murdering people and dying preferable to, like, 
becoming a manager at CVS. Like, right. no, probably right. not. Right. But it's really hard to see that in the moment. Of it's course. just something that is true. And well, and it's, it's and it the, even like have the to depression and your like, brain lying to you and all right. of those things. It's your you brain know? lying to you. Yeah. Right. Right. And like, yeah, that. Exactly. The like loss and the feeling of like. It's very, very hard to feel like you don't have any of the things you would work so hard for. Right. Yeah, of course. But he and I don't know. But you can't reason with depression. It's not. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's just it. Like you can't because on the flip side of that. Like the alternative is becoming, you know, doing something else, having a different career versus killing, you know, ruining your family and and your life on top of the three other people who are in the plane with you you know like those are three different family trajectories that are now changed forever right and like well and yeah yeah. i guess that's really like what i'm because would it partially at least it's about the like shame right right? like the shame of like losing your job like the shame of like and shame this, if shame we, is very powerful yes and survivable and it doesn't feel like it is when you're in it it doesn't feel like it is when you're in it but like right right it is it is and like yeah. most everybody who like gets to old age definitely has something that they've been ashamed of and i don't know sometimes it's hard to imagine like 30 years from now saying like Oh yeah, that was a really bad time. Right. But that was a really bad time. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And now somebody, you know, you'll know there's like people you don't even haven't even met yet who won't have any idea of any of that, you know. Right. Yeah. Don't know anything about any of that. Right. And the know. idea when you're exactly what you're saying is when you're in the thick of it, the idea of 5 10 years from now doesn't exist. It's not Right. There's no capacity to even imagine what that could be like it's just like all of the the stuff that you have to deal with essentially right now in order to make your situation different so that you feel like you don't you you don't feel depressed you know like it's all those those decisions that you're trying to make just to escape this situation and right yeah it's impossible to make and- the right decision always and it's so hard to like imagine how different you can be. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like it's hard yeah. to imagine like a version of yourself that has made peace with the things that you are terrified of now. Right. And like not and, an excuse, yeah. but a factor, you know? No. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that like like a version of yourself that doesn't doesn't feel like this anymore, especially if it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's very, very, I, there's like a, so obviously this isn't like a scientific thing or whatever, but like somebody, like a long time ago, I remember somebody saying that the, like depression is the inability to construct a future. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I like, that's definitely part of it, right? Like yeah. you can't construct a future that that you desire or that interests you or that even sounds like plausible. 
I don't know. But it's yeah. like, yeah, very hard to imagine it's how true. unbelievably different you can be, how unbelievably different your life can be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a fact, Mariah? I do have a fact. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it's kind of funny because my fact has an ulterior motive, uh, because I just wanted to mention this TV show. <laughs> oh, good. This documentary no, no, TV I'll show. It. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm sure as you know, you love It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm, um, I do. Rob McEnany is in mm-hmm. that show. And he recently purchased a football team with Ryan Reynolds. The, oh, yes. Um, and by Rexham, football team, you mean a soccer yeah, team. Yes, soccer team. Sorry. Been watching no, a lot I'm of confusing. soccer and have been saying football they, because it's just the term. That's what they call it. Right, right, right. right. No, they <laughs> and it's not football season here. So it's like, you know, it's my, it's right. my off season football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they purchased Wrexham uh afc i think it's called um Mm -hmm. and so when they purchased it they started filming essentially this documentary i don't know if you've seen the show Mm -mm. okay it is by far the cutest thing in the entire world because it just like follows those two and the club essentially and how you know they're purchasing it it's like covid it's this like very oh, small yeah. community that depends on this club to like you know bring everybody together like it's it's a very it just reminded me um of like buffalo and just like those kind of you know smaller like iron towns those steel towns um blue collar that just yeah. you know just like yeah. their local team is their thing and it's very yeah. it's very cute but the fact is that their stadium is the oldest international football stadium in the world. Whoa. In the world. Where, in, Where is it? In fucking on Mold Street, on Mold Road. Mold, Mold Road. Mold Road in Wrexham, Wales. Wow. Uh, it's called uh, what the fuck is it? Racecourse Stadium, and it is the oldest international stadium. International football stadium in the entire world. It opened in 1864 uh, for soccer game. Yeah. And That's older than... Yes. When did Wrigley? Oh, I'm God, sorry. like 1903 or something. Right. That's Yeah, it's old. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, very old. But the tie-in is that um, this... It was the stadium was used exclusively for flying uh and as an airport right before the first world war um and they considered turning it into an airport permanently but then they decided not to so now they just it's still standing so that's that's wonderful it's beautiful and so wonderful i wish all good things to them and if you can it's a very wholesome very sweet documentary um at first it seems a little like okay we're just watching like these two rich assholes buy a soccer team Mm -hmm. it is not that at Mm -hmm. all it is not that at all like it initially gives off that energy but it is you gotta push through it. you gotta push through because they're both just like both ryan reynolds and rob mckinney are just both like you know they come from hard-working families like 
yeah they they go through their like the first episode they go through um rob's philly home and it's just like i don't know it's just it's very nice to see um that they can like and their their intention is to rebuild the community and not to like you know be rich from it yeah yeah so yeah i think about like that i don't know anything about ryan reynolds like i just have no knowledge of his like life but um he's canadian so that that sums up pretty much everything you need to know (laughs) i didn't i didn't even know that he's beautiful so i now know one thing about him but yeah um, yeah but i like obviously love it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah and i love um i do think that that's like a thing like um rob mclenny like really likes he does seem to have like a strong bent toward like community investment yeah like he seems to like really yeah like the different things that he does it seems like there's often like a thread of that yeah well and i think being from philly yeah i think yeah i think like being from philly it gives that you know there's that like philly pride or whatever and being from like a not not coming from wealth matters too you know like perspective and things like that and yeah it's very very cool and like ryan reynolds whole thing is that he's like an asshole publicly but he's actually like the sweetest human being yeah which i think you would have to like in order to in order for people to think that it's funny that you're being like a jerk to people on twitter or whatever yeah that you would have to actually be nice exactly it's not funny exactly yeah but yeah then you're just Andrew Tate or whatever yeah right (laughs) no (laughs) yuck like the opposite right right (laughs) of a good thing yeah but uh I do I I love it's always sunny and I love that they're all married to each other yes (laughs) like they're just yeah it's very good yeah but so highly recommend watch that documentary what's the name of it do you know a great name that's that's a great question let me look it up for it's got us. a great name <laughs> yeah it's got a great name probably yeah. like wrexham something uh, ryan and rob by wrexham yeah. or something. ryan and rob biopic yeah. uh welcome to wrexham on hulu okay on hulu <laughs> yeah how do i watch hulu guys there's things i want to watch that are on hulu you and just... i just don't know how to get in there <laughs> Okay, Somebody. for context for everybody, we have we have in fact uh walked through the Hulu sign in Mariah for the past have, ten years. Yeah, it's been ten years of you giving me your Hulu password and then me like losing it. Yeah. And to, or like getting bumped out. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, to be fair to you, it's it's mostly Hulu just being rude yeah. about sharing passwords like it's my password hulu relax i'll do what i want with yeah. it i just chill yeah if anybody i mean i could just please don't tell hulu making, like infinity yeah Ugh, hulu if you work for don't. hulu no you don't no you don't yeah if you work for for hulu can you send me a long <laughs> and i want to watch the bear it looks really good actually if you could just send us just download all of hulu's content Send it to us on a hard yeah. drive, then we can just plug that bad boy right great. in, and we can yeah. save everybody the time. Yeah, we, we're like we next week's episode sponsored by Hulu. Exactly, that's even <laughs> like, better. Yeah, that'd be great. 
but i would do it for just for a free like login yeah like hulu we will make a commercial for you yeah it will be at least as good as the commercial for anchor yeah (laughs) and And we get uh, to choose the content yeah yeah it's gonna be like yeah (laughs) we did like spawn con and we just like it's just like us like silently watching like tv and be like this could be you this could be you but it's not sign up for hulu today you don't have hulu ask your friend for their hulu (laughs) password today let's just get maybe hulu will just give us a podcast hulu account we can share it with all our listeners that would be great yeah hulu come on give back to the community hulu yeah for real though actually could you yeah could you would you mind? This is our pitch. How are we doing? I think it's a good pitch. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love I it. love you so much. I love you. I love you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. And uh, guys, we're going to do our best to uh, be Yeah, we're committed. Back for we, we are committed. We are committed. We are 100% We're just going to keep on. Right. We're just going to keep limping along. We're going to keep trying. For... We're going to keep trying as yeah. long as you keep listening. Yeah. So no fear. It's true. No fear. Just yeah. sometimes life gets real and I think everyone understands. And that's okay. Yeah. It's been a wild one. Yeah. But and if you didn't uh, hear our first attempt at the intro, that's pretty much what it was about. Yes, exactly. Was not Full letting circle. shame ruin your life. Yeah. It's really the theme. Yeah. It is. All right. So banish shame. Yes. I love you. I love you. We love you Beautiful. all. You're wonderful. And uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds almost great. Almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> and... Bye. <laughs>Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, as always, for being gracious and wonderful as we've been just just figuring our lives out. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can message us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week.